Warning. Censorship. Warning. Censorship. Warning. Censorship. Good afternoon. Welcome to Rebel News Livestream Daily. I'm here with my co-host Catherine Krasanowski, filling in for, I guess, David Menzies, Sheila Gunn-Reed, um, Ezra Levant, filling in for everybody, really. We're not supposed to be here. Thanks for everybody watching on YouTube, of course, Rumble, Super U, and everybody down at Odyssey uh, who can send us the super, what are the Odyssey chats called again, Justin? Hyper chats. It's like from the future. So if you guys have something you want to comment, question us on, or just, I don't know, show us your favorite website, um, you can send us a hyper chat through there. Of course, we're going to be going through our favorite clips of the day, um, our latest stories, and the latest news stories around the world. Did You went to see uh, Catherine McKenna yesterday, I heard. You yes. want to tell everybody about that? I would love to. It was my first mission for Rebel News. Uh, I've never met a minister, and certainly not in this um, situation. She was not excited to talk to me. <laughs> she, she's not. She doesn't know me. Um, she might. I don't think she knew that I was from Rebel, but she was not happy to talk to me at all. And she deflected the questions, and she said I was harassing her, which is a stretch because it was a media event and I was being very polite and I just wanted to ask her a couple questions. Um, so that was interesting for me. My heart was pounding, but I think we uh, got some interesting footage of her being very deflective and not answering the questions that I went there to ask her. For sure, and we'll get to that clip in a second, producer Justin. Um, Catherine McKenna, who we all know is from the Valley in California, <laughs> judging by her accent. Um, nobody was there, it looked like, besides you and uh, producer Mocha. And uh, it looks like she sort of, you know, as the only reporters in the room, she was like, oh, I don't know. Like, what are they doing here? And she sort of tried to just walk away, it looked like. Yeah. And uh, so that video is going to be coming out. But I think we have a, a little bit of a teaser we can play, producer Justin, if you are ready. Very good. Port. Yeah, so. Mr. McKenna, can I ask you a quick question? Okay, well, I can just ask while you're doing what you're doing. The Parliamentary Budget Office stated that 9,000 separate projects from your department went unreported on. Do you have anything to say about that? Oh, we cut back. That was pretty quick, Justin. Um, so my gathering there is that she's she's retiring now, mm -hmm. and uh, she's accomplished so much that uh, she's just you know she's just ready to hang up her boots. Yeah. My guess is that there's probably something coming out that she doesn't want to come out, or she's just had enough of pretending like she knows what she's doing. And I might sound a little mean, but this is the girl who can't answer any questions. That is pretty obvious. She has changed her cabinet position. Um, she speaks as if she's from California when she's from Hamilton, Ontario, which really bothers me, as you can tell. And, and she just sort of ran away from you, didn't she? Yes, yeah, she did. Like I was a big, scary monster. She was extremely scared of me. I think it's interesting that she retired uh, now. And in her retirement statement that she posted on Twitter, she said that uh, she wanted to step down before the next election, whenever that happens. And I think mm -hmm. it's pretty Pretty interesting timing, especially because that scathing report. Oh, sorry, that uh, scathing report just came out about her and the underspend and the incompetency in her department. So it was it was a bad one. The Auditor General's report was not in favor of Catherine McKenna and her department, and she didn't want to talk about that. She only wanted to talk to me about the climate Barbie thing, mm. which I didn't even know about because it was from years ago. But Sheila Gunn Reed here made a funny little nickname for Catherine McKenna, Climate Barbie. Um, we don't, we call her that sometimes, but it's not, uh, it's not the main focus. Usually we focus on her, uh, policy. 
but it's a fun little nickname. And she couldn't get past it. She wouldn't talk to me because she wanted me to say, and she's done this to other rebel reporters too, as long as you promise not to call me Climate Barbie anymore. And it's like that, you don't get to tell the media how you want to be referred to by the media. That's, imagine if every politician did that. Don't call me the orange man. It hurts my feelings. <laughs> Uh, producer Justin, I call her Climate Barbie all the time, sends me emails at 3 a.m. Did you hear what Climate Barbie just said? Um, I don't think we should call her that anymore, Justin. I wish you wouldn't Sounds do such like hate speech. And since we have a censorship bill coming down the pipeline from the liberals, it's good that we get this all out of the way while we can, yeah. um, Catherine McKenna. So I'm personally sorry. I've never met you. I just want to apologize in advance in case I ever meet you, because I will call you that. Um, you know, one more thing, ahead. Andrew, Barbie is not the worst insult. Like, it's it's a doll, and she's kind of like, you know, she has a reputation, I guess, for being a doll. But that's not the worst insult you can call someone. Barbie is beautiful, and she's been around since the 60s, and she looks great. So Climate gargoyle, I guess, would be <laughs> harmful to somebody's uh, mental health. Climate swamp monster, but we don't call her that. Uh, I had a talk with uh, a nice guy on my show to Great Transition Gargoyles, wonderful cartoon from the 90s. Um, you don't know that one? Whatever. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, I talked with Sticks, Hex and Hammers, his YouTube name. His name is Tarl Warwick, an amazing um, name that I'm guessing has got to be Nordic or something like that. He's written a lot of books. He's a big YouTuber. Um, we spoke about a lot of stuff. He's actually, he grew up as a Christian, like a Pentecostal, mm -hmm. he said became an atheist, then a Satanist somehow. And now he's sort of just like knowledgeable in all worldly religions. He's written books about it. But his latest book was about critical race theory. So I want to show a clip from this sh my show. Funny that I have to say that. Uh, that aired last night. It's still up on rebelnewsplus.com behind the paywall, of course, you guys. So let's go ahead and play a clip of that, JT. Um, and you guys are going to see how, I think it's going to come across pretty evident how smart this guy is. And we're so driven by bigotry and hate that we attack our fellow citizens as traitors. If they're born in another country, but they don't look like us. And God help us. But I have faith. Because of folks like you. And I, Adam, I didn't expect this would be quite so much later, but it must be an Adam thing today. Uh, but I'm so grateful to all of you. With that, Mr. Chairman, I yield back. So I was in the military, Sticks. None of this makes me cry at all. None of the events that happened on January 6th makes me cry at all. And Adam Schiffer, they're really attempting, trying his hardest to cry. Wish I knew the name of the guy on Fox who does the impression of him. It's, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's really good. <laughs> we all pulled our money together and uh, got you something. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh. It's beautiful. <laughs> what do you think this theater is all about? Because to me, they're sitting there saying, how, how dare we treat people as the other and political opponents as non-citizens or whatever he just said. 
But I, I feel like the end goal of all this stuff is to otherize Trump supporters and possibly yeah. turn it into a situation where we demonize them based on their belief system so that it becomes illegal. I don't know. What do you think is the end goal of all this? Yeah, well, that's been ongoing for half a decade now, and it's been <laughs> partially successful, but there's a huge uh, pushback against it. I just like the fact that uh, Adam Schiff was attempting to show emotion. So, <laughs> I, I, I liked his attempt to appear human. It's like watching Mark Zuckerberg get uh, uh, try to get teared up watching Benjamin Button or something like I that. I was human once. I mean, I am. <laughs> so you can watch that at rebelnewsplus.com. Did you manage to catch any of those... January 6th hearings, the Capitol riot hearings? I did not, actually. Well, what we were watching there was uh, Adam Schiff, uh, a Democrat, pretending to cry. He's uh, that impression of him is pretty accurate. And that was the whole thing. I mean, they brought up everything that happened as if the video and and recollections haven't been done to death. And most people think it's a push for censorship. So it's it's really uh, tying in here with what's going on in Canada, where there seems to be this, you know, we're demonizing anybody who believes differently than us. And not only that, they're actually a threat to our democracy. They're a threat to our country. And I, I think that's what's going to happen here in Canada when we start saying, look at all this hate speech that's online. Um, we need to censor them. And then I have no uh, qualms about suggesting that further down the line, it's going to be like, well, what if we start charging people for that? Or what well, if we start investigating That's what I was going to say, yeah? is I think that, and I, I hope I'm wrong in this, but I feel like it's going to be a push to move away from uh, international terrorism to domestic terrorism and say anyone who is a supporter of anything right-leaning is now considered a dangerous extremist and possibly a domestic terrorist. And that's my fear, is that you're going to basically say half the population could at any point be labeled domestic terrorists. And that's extremely terrifying because they can use that to, and we've seen it before with the, um, I guess it was during the uh, Iraq war, they were mm -hmm. using terrorism as an excuse to spy on Americans. And who's to say that they're not going to do that for domestic terrorists as well? So that's my fear. Well, the problem with a lot of that, especially with that I have with these hearings, and I'm, I mentioned this yesterday, is that all this stuff's already known. And not only is all this stuff already known and there's footage of everything, some of the stories, um, the guy being called the N-word by a crowd of people that a lot of people aren't believing um, and there's no video of, a lot of this stuff's already been exposed. We know all the people who are inside there. They're getting arrested. I agree that you should not be able to just storm into the Capitol, do whatever you want, um, and, and not face any repercussions. But there is limits to the, the punishment they should have. But rather, other than that, Tucker Carlson exposed that there was at least six FBI informants working in the crowd of people mm -hmm. with three, the three major groups that were involved in, in rioting at the Capitol. And, and you combine that with them, the, the plot in Michigan, I believe, to kidnap a politician where 12 of 18 of the kidnappers were, <laughs> were FBI agents. And, and it, it's just like we're getting too close to all this stuff. We're getting too close to exposing the government. And all of a sudden, we need to start shutting down the internet. We need to start censoring everything. Everybody's a threat. Uh, every Everybody who's critical of Justin Trudeau it now needs to be taken off. Exactly. And, and they've claimed, and Stephen Gilbo claimed previously when they were trying to push through this other censorship stuff, that, oh, no, it's just going to be people and publications with a big following. It's just going to be people have a large platform but of course they can't get into the specifics of what that means does rebel news for having 1.5 million mean it it's uh subjected to these rules does uh 
somebody who just has a random YouTube channel of 100,000? What's the threshold here? Mm -hmm. And I think it's just going to turn out to be anything they want. Well, that's the thing. They can be subjective about it and they can just move that marker. It's like, like you said, a, a YouTuber with 100,000 followers that might be like, oh, that's a large platform now. We're shutting you down. And it's not like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram needs any reason to shut somebody down. It happens all the time. People complain about whoever it is for three days, and then we just sort of forget about it. Even we haven't heard anything, I think, as of this recording. Well, this is live, but or is it? Um, <laughs> I don't think the conservatives in Canada have said anything. And it's not like we've seen any objection to any of this stuff at all so far. They're willing to let it go as far as it goes, as long as they, they don't want it to hurt their election uh, campaign that's going on. And it's really a shame to not actually be able to rely on any politicians in Canada to do or say anything about it, at least not ones that have actual seats and voting power. That's politicians. It's, it's, it's so hard. It, the kind of person that gets into politics, you have to be extreme, like Maxine Bernier comes to mind. You have to be extremely against the grain to actually hold to your values and not become one of those political I don't know. Yes, men he just wants to say everything and then get into office and change your mind. I'm hoping Maxine is different, but you see how people hate him because he's different. So, yeah, like what you said, the politicians that are in power are the ones that are the most uh, spineless, I would say. Well, I think we all enjoy Aaron o videos of Aaron O'Toole jogging and uh, working out, giving his wife a beer or whatever it was. <laughs> I think this is what we all want for a politician. It's like the it's like a, the Will Ferrell movie where he's running for office and they try to get him to kiss a baby and he accidentally punches it. <laughs> it's like, what are the most stereotypical things we can have to try to push through our campaign? Oh, we'll get photo, professional photos out of you jogging, Aaron. That'll, that'll make everybody want to vote for you. Well, he got in trouble because he had, his original video was him jogging and then coming home from his mm -hmm. jog and his wife handing him a beer or Correct. he tweeted that she handed him a beer and people were like, how dare you let your wife serve you? And then he did another tweet of him handing his wife a beer. And it's like, we get it. Like, yeah. is a woman not allowed to give a man a beer? <laughs> like, well, I was disappointed in him for like basically doing his recant of what you're saying, exactly. his response. It's like you can't just be like, well, anyone who thinks this is weird is stupid. He has to be like, no, see, I am a feminist and I am fair. It's all the same song and dance. And like we show the video of Doug Ford at a Rebel live event from like 2017 where he's talking about uh, standing up for the little guy. It's the same thing. Aaron O'Toole answered our questions when he wasn't the leader of the party. He had a uh, he had the little press conference we had there with himself and Derek Sloan and the chat with uh, my big brother Andrew Lawton over at True North, and they're willing to answer these questions. Derek Sloan, of course, still is willing to answer the questions, but now Aaron O'Toole, we can't deal with Rebel News, and it always turns into a Trump accent. We can't deal with Rebel News; <laughs> they're they're too much of a hindrance on free speech or whatever excuse he's giving uh, du jour. But I don't have any faith, I think, is what my long-winded answer there Agreed. means. Um, Avi Mini is just killing it down in Australia. I find myself being extremely excited for whatever video is coming next for him because he just has a way of, like, engaging with you. And even if it's uh, even if it's a three-minute video that he's serving up with talking, the way he leans into that mic and his curly hair, <laughs> it just gets to you, you know. And he had this uh, great video the other day from one of their protests where it seems like after lockdown number five, people in Sydney, Australia have sort of finally had enough. And I was looking up these statistics yesterday because I wanted to talk about Avi, talk to Avi about it. Um, New South Wales, which is the province, uh, for those of you who aren't versed in geography, um, their new cases was 250 cases, if I'm not mistaken, 
and the positivity rate of their test was 0.2%. So they have about 6,000 active cases in the entire province, but 250 out of like 110,000 tests was the thing that pushed them over the mark. So now we're into five kilometer lockdown. You can't leave your house outside of five kilometers only for a couple hours a day to exercise or go get groceries. Only one person from the household. Um, of course, you can't do anything else. You need to show your papers to go to work. Um, you need to show vaccination, uh, a negative test if you don't have a vaccination. And We're starting to see that in Canada, too. Of course. And they've even deployed 300 uh, military members of the Australian Defence Force, which I imagine is like reservists or National Guard here. But they're use they want to use them to enforce uh, people quarantining at home, which I think is a, yeah, door to door, right? Yeah, an extremely new step um, in the wrong direction. So I think we have his video, do we, uh, producer JT? We do. So let's uh, bask in some Avia Mini. To be honest with you, I, I didn't know that today was going to be running at all. I was um, going for a drive and I heard on the radio that there was a few roads blocked and some protesting going on. Now, I have no idea who organised this today because there's way too many people here for it to be sudden. We heard about this not from the TV but through word of mouth. Word of mouth spreads faster than the news. When I saw that in the street, I was almost crying. It was extraordinary when we saw people just coming out of every side street out onto the park. We're here today to represent the people that don't have the courage to come out and stand up for their rights. We're the voice for everyone. It's very simple. Welcome to the socialist nation of Australia. We won't let that happen. There's only one right here, it's called freedom. Freedom. freedom of choice, freedom of speech. And some people have been arguing for years about it's my body, my choice. A divide, this is not okay. We deserve a choice, not manipulation and bullying. Like, <sighs> why is this much force on something? Anything that is good for us should be out of our own free will. We're living in a time where we're being bullied by the media bureaucrats and we shouldn't be. I mean, who gets to dictate that? Any dissenting type narratives and blocked from the media and anyone who talks negatively about lockdowns or that appears to be blocked. Facebook will tell you it's potentially misleading information. It's not even up for discussion. They feel entitled to put all these things in place without public debate going on. It's all, you know, under the guise of public health, anti-terrorism. Anyone who has a critique of the government is labelled a terrorist in this kind of climate. It's really concerning. Because I'm a disability nurse and I'm going to lose the job that I love of nine years because they're mandating this within the health industry. So many people in my industry are on board with me. I'm in health care, so that for me is a no-no. Don't force it on people. You want to take it, take it. What's the point? Like, who cares about it, man? Australia's a free country, man. It's a beautiful country. They're all in our country. Who's going to pay the bills? Who's going to pay the mortgage? The bank still wants their money. There's no hope for the younger generation locking us down. There's no hope for anyone. People are dying from suicide and depression. You don't hear about that, do you?
what's going to happen to suicide rates as the time goes by? What's going to happen to the people who can't afford to pay their rent? What's going to happen to the people who don't have the, the freedom of medical choice? We're all just out here trying to get our jobs back, trying to get our lives back. You know, two weeks to slow the spread or 18 months and we'll just keep ticking over as long as we feel like it. It felt like about 10 million people, but realistically it was probably about 10,000. The whole of Broadway was shut down. Yeah, we're all moving in one direction. Men with drums, megaphones, you know, lots of signage. I've come here today to join with these tens of thousands of people for our freedom, for our right to choose. And so I'm hoping that this is enough to at least spark a discussion, an open discussion. Even if it's one person's reality and another person's reality that we can come together and dialogue about. I'm just another member of society that would like to protest against this infringement of our freedoms. Both of us are holistic our health practitioners and we just had enough of this business of knowing what's wrong for our clients and for people's well-being in relation to mask mandates. Most of us have to follow along with this narrative just to keep practicing. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, we're, we're standing in freedom, um, not just for ourselves, but for everyone. We stand in peace and in love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically here only because we had enough of the government lying to us. We have enough that people are believing the government and watching the zombie TV every single day. And we have to be free. We have to have a choice of freedom. So let's just everyone open their eyes and actually find the right information. The information is open for you. We think we have the right to protest in this country, special. We came to this country, I came here, she was born here, to have a freedom. We didn't have any freedom in our country. How come Black Lives Matter protest happened and it was allowed? That's my concern. Why is that allowed and why is this not allowed? This is freedom of speech, this is freedom for our rights. Whatever religion you are, we should come together and stand together. Enough is enough. Exactly. This is not democracy country anymore. Listen, people, wake up. Just don't be, don't be scared. Whatever they say, do not be afraid. That's the main part. That's what they want to kill us with, with fear. We don't even need seven news, nine news. It's all fake, fake media, fake news. With the things that are being put in place, it seems quite clear that we're not a free country anymore. And that's really disturbing. Anyone who's, you know, survived um, communist regimes and things like that, it, there are very telling signs with what's going on now that are concerning for the future. Once they put these things in place, you know, how can they bring things back from this? Uh, look, a generation ago, our mothers and fathers fought and died to preserve our freedoms. You know, a generation ago, we thought it was worth sacrificing millions of lives for the sake of preserving those freedoms. Now we throw away those freedoms for the sake of preserving lives. Presumably, we don't want to live in a country where they, they have electronic surveillance on you, where they can tell you when you come in and when you go out, when you can go to work, who you can associate with, you know, whether you're able to embrace people. I've lost a good friend to the virus, not in Syria, not in Australia. I've known seven people who've suicided over this period, the real cost of, of the lockdowns. I, I don't 
believe, I've never believed that what is driving government policy is primarily a concern for our health. If it was, there would be more account taken at the other side of that equation, of the cost of lockdowns, the cost of mental health, the cost on jobs, the rise of domestic violence, all the associated ills, which the government will never be held responsible for, but which are real and which are damaging and which are destroying us and destroying our community. And I think this is what these lockdowns do. They strip, up, strip us of our humanity. They break down community and they destroy the country we fought for, the country we love, the values we cherish. Um, we need to stand up and fight, not violently, but we need to be ready to have violence done to us, I suspect, by police and, and others. We've got to be ready to count the cost, as our mothers and our fathers did when they fought to give us these freedoms. It's time for us now to stand up and fight to preserve them. Shout out Father Dave, shout out Space Jam Guy. How did that make you feel? Uh, that was shocking. I mean, I've seen the, the footage of the protest, but I hadn't seen the fire guy. Fire waving guy fire getting waving. taken away like he was a mass murderer or something? Yeah, I hadn't seen that. That was pretty shocking to me. Well, I believe it was the police chief there that said that was an unauthorized protest. He expects that unauthorized protests should not happen again or else they will be dealt with appropriately. There was an editor at Sky News Australia who said that, you know, knocking on the doors is just the obvious next step to keep everything under control. Do you have something uh, you want yeah, to say with that? Yeah, an unauthorized protest seems like an oxymoron to me because a protest is you're protesting something mm. usually in within the government, but it doesn't have to be, obviously. But it's like, you're, well, how could you have an authorized protest? <laughs> that doesn't seem... Well, it's supposed to be that protests are allowed no matter what. Exactly. Or, so no they should all what. be authorized. Exactly. But if you follow Abby Amini's videos, you'll know that uh, during the winter, I guess it's reversed there. Mm. Toilets been backwards in Australia. <laughs> um, they had Black Lives Matter protests. They had environmental lockdown protests, both in the streets and inside malls and stuff. I don't think anybody was arrested. Those I could be wrong, but those were not condemned as unlawful protests those were just you know they're doing the right thing you know mm -hmm. let's shut down everything for climate change let's shut down everything for i guess police brutality against black people in southern australia i didn't know that was a thing but i guess maybe it's possible that it is the point is that we're picking ideologies for which protests <coughs> and by we i mean the media and the government clearly agreeing because why else would you excuse something like that mm -hmm. if i saw a protest for freedom I'm more likely to support that than a protest for climate lockdowns. Um, so I think that's just what the government is doing. But if you're in the government, you're not supposed to choose sides like that. Um, you can choose sides in policy and the ways you vote for things and the way you implement uh, the changes you want to see. But you're not supposed to take sides on the individual persecution level of your own citizens. But that's just my crazy totally. like 2007 thinking, I guess. <laughs> I think we have some hyper chats and what not to get to from producer Justin. He's telling me that if I don't do it, he's going to flatten my tires again, mm. um, which is becoming a huge problem, Justin. Um, uh, ROA Roxanne, I'm guessing that means, from Rumble, says, Sheila and David look really different today. You know, I've been trying to age myself to look like David Menzies. Oh, I was going to say, I look like David Menzies. Well, you <laughs> know, um, I'll get the hat, I'll get the suit. <laughs> I have a hat. I'm Rumble, being him for Halloween. That's what I'm going to do. That's going to be a time. I guess that means I should be, I'm going to be mocha for Halloween, That's I think. Uh, Ryan Rosty says, love sticks, as in my guest, is Tarl. Tarl, like from Walking Dead almost. <laughs> um, from YouTube, Cindy M. Mick. You look amazing. 
Thank you. Super U Tip Atomic Dog says, for $10, Rebel Management, please give Andrew a weekly sports show. Would be great. I mean, I don't see that happening. People have actually suggested on the live stream that we should cover more sports. And when it crosses over into culture or politics, I'd imagine that like it does happen. Yeah. But I don't think there's going to be a sports show <laughs> as much as I like it. I think Norm McDonald's the only person who tried to do a sports show with like politics involved or like comedy involved. I'll do another show. I'll do a second show, but I don't think we're going to get a, a sports show. It would just be show. you talking badly about the Leafs anyways. No, uh, I'd, ma I'd find a way to make fun of everyone evenly. Okay, that's good. Even, even the Leafs as well. Um, from easy. Rumble, MVP9337. Using the military to enforce lockdowns is something I expect in dictatorships. I agree with you. Um, it looks like it's going to happen. I don't know how much compliance you're going to get. And that tends to be why they use, you know, National Guard uh, reservists because they're less like they can rotate them more. They're less experienced. They're they're just willing to do what they're told more. And that's my experience as a person who's in the military. Um, a hyper chat from Juice Moose, which is a great name. Only in the Liberal Party can you fail upwards. <laughs> that in the CBC as well is, is what Juice Moose says. This is very true. Um, I also like to point to my favorite broadcaster in the United States, Joy Reid from MSNBC. She got exposed for having a homophobic blog, and I wouldn't use that term unless it was actually just anti-gay, which it was. She claimed somebody else wrote, wrote it. She got a show out of that, uh, which is how it usually works. Uh, Sojourner says, they want to kill us with fear. What an awesome statement. I agree. That seems to be what's happening everywhere, is it not? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. W. James Wright sounds like a, uh, an, an author. author. <laughs> yeah. She looks good on camera and is smart. She needs to be on more. Andrew, you do great interviews and do well here, too. Um, yes. James... Yes. I do do well here. Thank you, James. Uh, let's go ahead and promote the Rebel New Store, which is always giving us sweet new merchandise to wear. Producer Justin, um, I promise you I won't do an Alex Jones impression this time. Uh, can I do it? You can do an Alex Jones impression if you'd like. Check out these amazing t-shirts, folks. They are going to blow you away. All right. All right. Let's work on that. Uh, <laughs> let's work on that for the future. Um, I like the Back to the Future one here. Speaking of the future, 30 years. I love that one. I got it myself. The 1984 was not an instruction manual one. I also got that one myself. And no, I didn't just buy everything in the store. Um, I have to limit myself or else I'll go insane. A lot of people like the Justin Trudeau uh, with stars in his eyes. One. I have that one at home. I wear that all the time. Don't wear that in China. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, so we got tons of stuff here at rebelnewsstore.com. Of course, if you're an Avi Mini supporter, you can go to the Australian store. Oh, the David Menzoid. David Menzies. That's his real body. Can confirm. <laughs> I want to release greeting cards with audio in it of David Menzies' workout sounds. I float that idea all the time. Nobody wants to I do it. I can hear him working out from the editing room. It's not pretty. It's, uh, sorry, David. We shouldn't be making fun of you so much. Well, I love David Menzies. Everyone knows I love David Menzies. Everyone knows you don't want to hear David that. Menzies and I fist fight after every live stream <laughs> we do. I love when people are just like, you're so mean to David. You got to stop. I'll stop when David Menzies stop being mean. You, you, you guys don't know what he David, does to me. Yeah, the, it, goes, it goes both ways. <laughs> he makes, does impressions of He does of impressions me. of Andrew. It's... He says I walk a certain way. It's really racist, you guys. <laughs> um, rebelnewsplus.com is also something. We'll, we'll get to that later. We can't overload you guys with uh, with the website right now, I don't think. Um, you're, you're on it anyways. Sheila had an update with Pastor Arter, which of course is an international story. Arter Pawlowski, his brother David Pawlowski, with W's, of course, because they're Polish. Um, 
and things are going off the chain. And by that, I mean, Alberta is supposed to be free now. They're supposed to have no restrictions anymore, but they still want to mess with the Pawlowskis for some reason. They still have them kind of living in fear. I'm not sure if, if they're where they're at right now, but... Uh, I think they're still in the States. Are they? That was my last understanding. Well, the wrong. problem is, is you shouldn't be fearing religious persecution in, in Alberta, of all places. They, they tell you how free it is there. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, Sheila's update we can get to, Justin. Let's go ahead and play that. This isn't the first time the Alberta government has sent me a big fee to block me from asking questions about their treatment of pastors and congregations who obey God's laws and God's commands over that of men. It's actually at this point becoming a little bit of a pattern. Now, last week I told you about how the provincial government, quite specifically the Ministry of Justice and Solicitor General, has put in place a paywall for documents and information relating to the ongoing prosecution or persecution, depending how you look at it, of Pastor James Coates of Grace Life Church west of Edmonton. Now, for those of you who don't know, Coates and Grace Life Church garnered both international attention and months and months of police and Alberta Health Services harassment and surveillance after the pastor there and the congregation refused to comply with public health orders that would limit the church attendance to just 15% of fire code capacity and force congregants to wear masks and social distance. Grace Life said that this was a violation of religious freedom, expression, and assembly. The whole affair resulted in the arrest of Pastor Coates twice, wherein upon the second arrest, he served 35 days in Edmonton's maximum security remand center, unable to agree to bail conditions that would require him to limit his church attendance. However, in the interim, the church just kept meeting with Associate Pastor Jake Spence at the pulpit. So then Coates was released after a deal was struck and the province moved in to seize the church property for three months, forcing the congregation to meet in secret. Now, when I asked for government documents about how the persecution of Grace Life came to be and what happened in the aftermath, I was hit with a nearly $2,000 bill to discourage my curiosity. You know me, the opposite has happened. I know there's something there for me to see now, and I'm going to find it, and donors to rebelinvestigates.com are helping me do that. And that's why I kept asking about the other pastors being brought to their metaphorical and literal knees through the tip of the Roman spear here in Alberta, like Pastor Art Polowski from Calgary. We've all seen the viral images of him on his knees in a SWAT-style takedown on a Calgary street for the crime of reopening his church. That resulted in two days in jail for him. And if you've been following the case, you'll know the province is asking for 21 more days in jail from Pastor Art for contempt of the court order the government used to close his church as a, quote, illegal public gathering. Now you can see the full story, see all the updates from the lawyers and help fund a fulsome and aggressive legal defense of Pastor Art Pulowski and his brother David at SaveArcher.com. That's SaveArcher.com. Now my colleagues, K2 and Adam Sos in Calgary, have been working overtime to cover the plight of Pastor Art and his congregation. They're doing a great job, but I wanted to help them doing one of the things I think I do well around here and that's access to information. So, naturally, I asked the Alberta government to provide copies of all documents, including emails, 
texts or instant messages, Slack messages, WhatsApp messages, memos, briefing notes, correspondence, reports, etc. Basically everything regarding Pastor Art Pulowski of Street Church in Calgary since January 1st, 2020, until when I asked for these documents on May 21st, just a couple of months ago. And instead of receiving documents, I received a fee estimate of nearly $1,250 to get access to 1,040 pages, wherein I would have to pay a government worker about 35 hours to prepare those documents for release to me. And the government wants about $625 of that amount immediately. I need to tell them if I want these documents by August 3rd. We are going to pay it begrudgingly while appealing the cost. But here's where I ask you for help. Can you help us offset the cost? We don't get government bailouts to ask boring questions you at home don't even care about to politicians who aren't even remotely scared of us to create content you would never pay for if you had a choice in the matter. We rely on the support of people like you at home to help us. If you'd like to help me find out what the Alberta government was saying about Pastor Art Polosky and his brother and his church before during and after they arrested those two men and held them for reopening their congregation, please donate today at rebelinvestigates.com. And thanks again to all of you at home who have already donated to help us hold the government, all governments, to account on behalf of the people. For Rebel News, I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed. Sheila is great at the Freedom of Information uh, request, a business that she does. And of course, most notably, probably the Wuhan lab funding by Justin Trudeau was uncovered through that by Sheila Gunn-Reed. And I think it was them accidentally graying out instead of blacking out the stuff, if I recall correctly, which of course turned into the Fauci uh, funding of it and all that other stuff. Allegedly, of course, you guys. But uh, I don't know what's going on there in Alberta. Once you think that they're that they're on the right track again. They just sort of pull you back in and they must have some sort of vendetta for these pastors skirting, uh, skirting them for so long and refusing to shut down. I have always been of the nature that you cannot tell religious people how to worship or how to congregate. I thought that was part of our charter and rights of freedoms. But as producer Mocha would say, it's just a piece of paper and apparently it can be taken away at any time. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, the Pastor Archer story is so interesting because he came from a dictatorship where he was, um, he he lived through extreme poverty, bread lines, and no freedom, no freedom of speech, no freedom of religion. And he came to North America to escape that. And now he's experiencing it all over again. And that's why it's so sad. People who have not lived through communism don't understand what it looks like. And, and then you have, you know, lefty university students in Canada and in the U.S. saying like, oh, go socialism, go communism. Those people don't understand what it is. And then you have someone who's actually lived through it, who's almost experiencing it all over again in our mm-hmm. in our democracy. And that's the most troubling part. Like now, Pastor Art is not going to, he's not going to believe in Canada like he did when he moved here. And that makes me sad because my grandfather fought in World War II and he fought for exactly the kind of things that Pastor Art was trying to escape from the Eastern European, uh, I think it was the Ukraine that he's from. So it's it makes me very sad. Well, it's the same thing, uh, excuse making happening for Cuba right now. And there was a global news piece out of, um, I think, Manitoba. I could be wrong, but uh, they had a, a 
a woman on there commentating that, you know, the reason Cuba is failing is because of American sanctions and because the U.S. has just been so terrible to Cuba over the last 50 years and they haven't uh, been trading with them. And it's all excuse making because they, they have the no true Scotsman theory, which is this isn't real communism. It can't possibly be the reason that it's failing. And for some reason, I guess you need capitalist countries for communism or socialism to be able to survive, which makes no sense. Absolutely no sense, because if you can't survive without capitalism, uh, then that means your system doesn't work. <laughs> Unfortunately, so shout out to all the Cubans um, who are in, I think, uh, Key and Simone's video, K2. I guess he's going to have to change his name, like Cher or something, because uh, everyone's going to know him as K2. But uh, he had a good video with uh, with Cuban Cuban protesters, and so I just want to shout out to the people fighting against communism there. Also, and I did, I've been to Cuba multiple times when okay. I was a kid with family. Um, I will not be going back, obviously. But it, someone at the protest there, a Cuban individual, said, please, Canadians, don't visit Cuba because you're giving money to that government, that regime who's awful, awful. So I won't be going to Cuba again. <laughs> I have a feeling that the tourism companies weren't exactly operating in a communist sense, <laughs> more of a, a, of a statist sense like China would be. Um, let's pull up rebelnewsplus.com, producer Justin, because people ask us, um, should I donate? Should I sign up for Rebel News Plus? If you want to get to the premium shows, which of course includes my show, and uh, Rebel Roundup from David Menzies, which I was also on this week. I'm just all over the place. Um, and of course, the gun show with Sheila Gunn-Reed and Ezra Levant's show, which is every single night, um, because obviously he's the most popular. Um, you can go to rebelnewsplus.com and there are all of our faces. There's David Menzies' picture from, I don't know, <laughs> when he was auditioning for The Joker, I think, <laughs> is where that photo is from. But David's show is a lot of fun. He goes through our best videos, gets commentary from lots of people, including myself this week. Including myself a couple weeks ago, too. There you go. It was my first time. And Sheila really covers the issues out there in Alberta and BC and everything. And Ezra just covers everything because Ezra is basically leading the charge on a lot of this stuff. And uh, you can sign up for, as we suggest, the yearly package, which gives you three months free when all is said and done because you get two extra months plus a free trial of one month. So you can sort of try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. So that's the yearly annual one for $80, which saves you a bunch of money. Or you can go, you know, month by month, $8 per month. Or you can be an exclusive producers club member for $250 a month. And what you get with that is you're gonna get early access to stuff you get um, in on our polling, you get, and we're getting events coming up soon. We know everything's been locked in for a year and a half and you guys are dying to, to get out and do something. So we're planning events and I believe you get first access if you sign up for the Producers Club. Producer Justin, not along if I'm saying correctly. Thank you. Very good. We need one of those, like so many shows have like a producer cam in the back. We need a producer cam for Justin because yes. he, he'd rather stay in the shadows. He'd rather not be known. Which he belongs in the spotlight though. If he's gone this long without having his face seen, then I respect that. It's uh, it's just like, you know, that artist that no one's ever seen. See ya. Uh, no, Banksy, I believe. Um, I don't follow it at all, but I know he's an artist that people aren't exactly sure who he is. I think people know who he is now. I don't. I don't either. But people do. People but do, do people know who producer Justin is? I don't know. I think we need to have a camera on him, and then he presses the button and gives his commentary for five seconds. I think he would love that. Do we have more chats to get to, Justin? Okay, we'll get to a couple more, and then we'll then we'll show some very funny Tucker Carlson, Geraldo Rivera clips. 
I'm using my phone just so I don't have a big laptop sitting in front of me. And usually um, we can't trust David Manzies to, to read Super Chats in any formidable way. Um, but Tom McDogg says, sad the government has declared war on religion. Yes, it is very sad. Um, like I said, I thought that we there were certain things that could not be infringed upon in this country. Freedom of religion, freedom of movement. Freedom to congregate. Freedom to congregate. Um, and I, guess, and I guess not cover your face, but it turns out that we don't have a real constitution. Now, for comparison's sake, if you're wondering, in even a place as liberal as California, churches sued the government for the right to congregate unlimited, and they won. In New Jersey, the gym owner sued the government to be able to open his business. He won. In Canada, there's nothing concrete. That, and it's a huge problem. There's nothing actually concrete that we can fall back upon and say these are in inalienable rights, whether you believe it's from God, for yourself, wherever, just rights that cannot be fringed upon, infringed upon, we do not have this. So when the whenever the government declares an emergency, and if you trust Doug Ford, that's like, there's no sugar for my cake in the house. <laughs> or uh, who else can we, Jason Kenney, there's no rooftops for me to eat on. Whenever they declare an emergency, that means you don't get, you can't protest, you can't congregate, mm -hmm. you can't do what you want. You can't, Section one of the charter. You can't move between provinces, even though I'm, I'm sure if you lived and you were coming back that they couldn't actually stop you. Uh, they picked and choose there. But my point is, is that there needs to be a change in some way. And I'm not talking about a radical takeover of the government. I just mean there needs to be change in some way where we can protect our any rights that we clearly don't have because when the government says you know it's too dangerous for you that we can just take them away and there's too many people that agree with that i think there's yeah. too many people that say well you shouldn't be doing that but it's just like who gets to decide what i get to do as a person and i guess the counter argument for that would be and i'd like to hear your opinion on this is like this is what we elect people for we elect them to make these decisions and if after however long we don't like what they're doing then we vote them out mm -hmm. how do you feel about this well, I think that if there's an election coming up soon, we need to take that opportunity to vote out the Trudeau government. But it it's unlikely that that will happen because people are so complacent and there's, they're happy to live in their little fear cradles and just go along with the narrative. And I made a tweet about it a couple weeks ago. You know, my generation loves Star Wars, loves Star Wars. And they all want to think of themselves as the rebels and flying around and shooting up the Death Star. But 99% of the people I know would just be stormtroopers going along with whatever <laughs> yes. dictation comes down from the evil empire. So it's it's interesting. Where's that fire? Where's that rebel spirit? We all grew up listening to punk rock, right? I Did mean, we? <laughs> I listened to Britney Spears, but I think the idea is like if you grew up in the '90s, you sh you're, you consider yourself a little bit of a rebel, but we're not. I mean, we are. Well, but. if you ask a uh, writer, Dave, in the back, he uh, he's on the side of the empire. He takes the, well, which side is evil? It's all about perspective. Oh, Dave. Dave's an Empire supporter. So if you want Dave. to, uh, I, I don't know. Dave. I don't know how you guys can contact him, maybe on Twitter or something, <laughs> but, but ask him about Star Wars. Um, Lisa Ann says, damn work has been getting in the way of my rebel time. Well, you know, I hope that you'll find ways to get your David Menzies fix. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure this is one of David's big fans, but uh, David's out there. Just give him a call. Uh, Rumble. Chat from MVP. Catherine needs to do more live shows. So you've got a fan in oh, guy you. named MVP nine three three seven. We'll go for MVP nine three three seven. Man on the street videos, I guess. No, just kidding. Um, Geraldo Rivera is filling in on a show on Fox, I believe. Uh, the five this week. If you guys are a fan of Fox News, I'm a fan of 
couple shows and hosts on Fox. Not overall, they get pretty uh, mainstream on us, but uh, I like that I'm show. Glad that you didn't. He leave was filling in, and uh, he had a little bit of a. Uh, a spat they called it with Tucker Carlson where he really just asked him about the border and asked him to explain himself and he couldn't really do it and he was like basically saved by the bell. Can we play that, Justin? I'm glad that you didn't lead with the, the migrants bringing COVID in as, uh, as too many reports that I've seen in recent days do uh, because those overblown health fears are the uh, the xenophobic reaction to immigrants since the Irish in the 19th century. The Irish in the 19th century. The, the, uh, the, the Chinese in the 1880s, the Italians Sorry, just uh, in the turn of the century, yeah, okay. the Jews from Eastern Europe. Yeah, right. Right. Oh, the the oh, they were all yeah. bringing smallpox. They were all bringing uh, tuberculosis. You know, Geraldo, we live in a country where we are being forced to take a vaccine that some people, newsflash, don't want to take, that Americans can be arrested for not wearing a mask because COVID is so serious, but foreign nationals break our laws carrying COVID and somehow they're exempt from the requirements that we live under? That's not xenophobia. That's equal application of the law. And it's not happening now. And it's an appalling double standard that every American, including you, should be mad about. Well, I'm mad about exaggeration and <laughs> hype. If What? It's a policy. They are not forcing. Look, if you work in the federal government, you have to get the vaccine. But if you break our laws as an illegal alien, you don't. Why don't you explain why that's a good idea to me? Well, I, I don't think the segment is about me. I would be glad to, but if I think I would rather refer it to Jesse be the subject. Okay. And, and Greg's going to ask you about fish. Geraldo, this is what we've been <laughs> Tucker. This is what we've been dealing with all week with Geraldo. So I'm just my apologies on on the show. I love we have. Now it's funny because they usually on that show they're supposed to be. Uh, one person who's a blatant liberal, and Geraldo is supposed to be conservative, but he comes on and he fulfills the liberal <laughs> part. And it, it's like Geraldo never, never has the side of. He, he's not as bad as the woman called Anna Navarro, who works for CNN, who claims she's a Republican but works for CNN and like completely agrees with everything they say. But Geraldo's never really been. I don't know if that I can use the word credible or not, but he's never been. Like, like anything special. He's had good shows. He's been entertaining. But something I wrote down during that is he had this huge special once on Fox where he was uncovering Al Capone's vault. And I don't know, Justin, if you can quickly search for that. It's probably a really old article. But Al Capone had, or <laughs> Geraldo Rivera had this huge special on Fox where they were going to unveil the vault live. Who knows what they're going to find? And they opened it up and it was completely empty. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty funny. Geraldo has just been all over the place. Uh, year after year, I'm surprised he's still on, but I'm guessing he's coming on for that, uh, for that you know little playoff, and he's lucky that he didn't have to fulfill that segment. So the problem at the border, uh, Catherine, Hawkman didn't notice that you and Catherine McKenna have the same name. You should have been best friends. That's very silly of you. It's the, it's literally the same name. Yeah, it, you mine guys, is spelled with a K though, and she's a C. And hers so. isn't. And K is the problem. What did you just? She's a what? <laughs> Anyways, um, so at the southern border, they had a record um, illegal migrant flow in June under Joe Biden, of course, 190,000 people in one month crossing the border illegally or uh, completely make who knows how many people actually made it that weren't uh, weren't apprehended. But it's be a lot of tears for AOC. A of course. Of tears. Now, if you do the math, there's, a, I, and I did the math, um, it, it turned out to be 17 people per border agent. So it's a crazy amount of work you, they're expected to do on the southern border. They could have just built the wall. Joe Biden started rebuilding the wall a few months ago because he realized that in some places you just can't deal without it. You can't just. There's already a wall in many places because it's, you know, it's well, a border. Well, the first order 
that they came in, the first order of business was stop, halt production of the wall. And then they realized that they was working in certain places so it reinstated. And, and what I was thinking is 190,000 people at the southern border, a couple of years ago when people started coming over Roxham Road in en masse, there was a huge uproar, about 10,000 people. And that's all coming from in one month. And that's all coming from that one place where they come to the border, they say, we'll arrest you. And then they take your bags for you, send you off to a hotel and, and who knows what happens. They don't let them all, all stay in Canada, of course, but um, it's people flying into America to cross the border into Canada. And the same thing is happening at the southern border in the States now. You see West African guys coming across the border. There's footage of that all from last week where it's all 20, 30-year-old men, they come in, they're wearing like Nike soccer jerseys and stuff like that. They do a cross, so you so you know they're from a Christian country, and there's, a lot of them are speaking French, so you know they're from a West African French country. Uh, and these are people who are flying into either Mexico or a, a Central American country and walking across the border, and they're praising God when they get across the border because they know they're going to be treated so well. And now people are coming out with articles saying that, what's, why do you need to be a citizen to be able to vote? Why do you oh need God, to be a, per, a permanent resident to be able to vote? So it's literally bringing in people so that you can sway the voting demographics. Mm -hmm. I don't care about race or religion or whatever you are. It's ideas that matter. And the fact is that when you come into a country from a country that you are clearly fleeing from and want to come to America because their social pro uh, programs are so vast and they accept more refugees and immigrants than any country in the world, you're going to vote for the people who gave you all this free stuff. Yes. You're going to vote for the people that said, okay, you can come in and we're going to helicopter you or fly you to a place mm -hmm. uh, which has been happening uh, secretly and give you a new life there and say, screw, screw everybody else who has to pay for it in taxes. I don't know how you feel about all that stuff, but I just think that it's become so, everything's becoming so swept under the rug because uh, it's all lockdowns, vaccines, uh, mask mandates. That's, it seems like this is all distraction that they're trying to pull for as long as they can so that we can forget about our gas prices being $1.40 uh, this morning in Ontario. Forget about uh, the southern border in the United States. Forget about their huge inflation. Forget about the pipeline that was canceled that caused all this <laughs> to happen. Forget about our crashing dollar. Forget about all this stuff and forget about your censorship. So you just focus on fear. Yeah, you can't yeah. even talk about it. And I, and I know I'm ranting, but this is just all the stuff that's going on right now. And, and it's sad to see people still saying, and even pe some people that email us still saying, well, you guys just need to follow the law. Pastor Arter just needs to follow the law. Why can't he just be like other religious people who just stayed at home and did Zoom calls? Because those that's not how you're not supposed to just be able to take away a person's rights. And, and if you think that everything's not going to come back, take a look at Australia. Take a look how quickly things get imposed if you don't say anything or don't do anything. Now, I hope Doug Ford's, and I want to get your opinion on this, I hope Doug Ford's plan is not to, uh, you know, lock us back down in the fall. But producer Justin was saying before the show that Health Canada is now saying we're preparing for a fourth yeah, wave. Yeah, I saw that. So maybe we can pull that up, producer Justin. Yeah. So I want to know what you think about all this. All this. Um, well, I said that they're going to start calling it Epsilon, which is, you know, the, what is it, Greek or Latin for four? Because we okay. had the, the Delta variant is in... You know, this is just my tinfoil hat theory, but it's like people were getting sick of the language of first wave, second wave. They didn't want to hear third wave. So they're saying Delta, Delta variant. And now we're going to get the fourth wave, a.k.a. Epsilon, which is what I'm calling it. But it's like it's just never ending. And we saw this week that they said, uh, uh, is it Israel or Australia that's offering the, th the booster shot, the third shot? 
Israel, says producer Justin. Israel. Also in the U.S., they're offering $100 for anybody who gets their first dose now. Um, I was looking at the numbers for New York State and New York City, um, where they are suggesting, well, they're not just suggesting, Governor Cuomo says we're going door to door. The goal is to get people to come with us in a car and go get their vaccine, which is, of course, insane. What That's terrifying. What happens if you say no? And they're at about 60%. They're hovering around 60% in New York State and New York City. So you're talking about, I think the number was around three and a half million people that you're going to have to, quote unquote, round up voluntarily to go get this vaccine or else what? Nothing nothing can stay open. I don't know what the goal is. All this it, language is like you, you've said in this... Uh in this live stream, you've said that we're going to have to show papers, that they're going to start rounding people up. <laughs> it's like the, it's it's, true. the language is just shocking because we people make jokes and we make jokes about the Holocaust and, and not about the Holocaust, but about how, uh, you know, some people are saying that, you know, we're having our rights infringed so much. It's starting to look that way. But then it's like, OK, don't don't be crazy. Let's not mm -hmm. diminish the suffering. Of course, we don't want to do that. But then when we hear language like rounding people up, showing me your papers, it's like, well, the goalposts shifting is what the thing that I've always had a problem with. First, it was let's keep cases numbers down. Then it was let's keep hospitalizations down. Then let's keep deaths down. Now, now let's get vaccinations. Let's get them to a certain marker. Let's get herd immunity at 60 to 70 percent. And now they're just going, we need 100 percent vaccination and we need zero, COVID zero, mm -hmm. which is impossible in both directions. From my studying of the numbers across North America, most places are capping out like Ontario's ahead. Ontario's like, mm -hmm. like 70%. 70%. Most places, like I said, New York, super liberal, they're just below 60%. I think if you're being very generous, you're going to cap out at 80%. And that's being very generous. You're never going to get the last 20 to 30% of people to do it. You just won't. And it's young people they're trying to get. And young people are probably being like, I am healthy. I don't need this. Nobody's died from this, quote unquote. Nobody is hyperbolic, I know. But so few people have died or are hospitalized from this. That why well, get it. But when you're capping out at 60, 70 percent all across the country, and now all of a sudden that's not good enough, even though that, though that was your original, that was our original marker, goal. <laughs> what else do you want? Like, and now you're. And now, well, they want us to identify ourselves. That's what I'm seeing. A lot of people. The rhetoric is now, and we saw it in Alexa's uh, video, but the poutine QR codes at that mm -hmm. festival. Pe multiple people that she asked, do you think uh, that the QR code was a good idea to be able to be admitted into this event? And a lot of them said, oh, yes, we need to be able to identify who's been vaccinated and who's not. What are we supposed to wear, a star on our arm or something? Like, we have to walk around telling people, I'm not vaccinated. I'm not vaccinated, so you can stay away from me because I'm a carrier of disease. It's do we have, um, I think it was Ezra tweeted yesterday, Vancouver Public Health was a health sector from Vancouver was suggesting yellow stars. Yeah, so instead of us sounding hyperbolic, let's go ahead and pull it up before we run out of time here. And and we'll go for some chats here in the meantime. Producer Justin is threatening me again. It never stops. The co You talk about coercion. You talk about producer Justin. <laughs> um, Atomic Dog says, producer Justin needs at least a mic. Enjoyed the show. Uh, you guys are working well together. Uh, producer oh, Justin, nice. yeah, you do need. I want Howard Stern style. We cut back to him and we make fun of him. That's mm -hmm. never going to happen, I guess. Um, Loud Tor from Rumble says kids aren't in Ontario schools in September. I think even the normies will start fighting back. Will they though? We're eight, we're sixteen, seventeen months in. Super U Mog, one hundred and sixty, a dollar sixty-six point nine. 
a liter in Vancouver. That is insanity. So that's 30 cents more than he here right Remember now. Remember when it hit a dollar and everyone was freaking out and now it's like, yes. Just now keep it's going. Like, let's, let's get our horse cares. and buggy exactly. to work. Um, Hyper Chat from Enoch the Salty Pretzel. I hope you're copywriting that name. <laughs> we are fully into the engineered fourth wave here in Israel. Um, I don't know what you mean by engineered. Just uh, it probably just means that things that they're making up at this point to keep things locked down. So, and then we've got Ezra's tweet uh, that I talked about. Just so you don't think we're making things up. So where is this from, producer Justin? A yellow star for double vaccination. Um, yes. So they get this when they are vaccinated? Yeah, it's funny. It's the opposite of what I was talking about. So it's reversed. So that was just like 60% of the people are going to be walking around with yellow stars. Complete, uh, on one hand, the person in their best case scenario is we're rewarding everybody. Exactly. Whether you're treating like, people like children. Exactly. On the other hand, you're using gold stars to identify <laughs> people with something. You have to either... It's a bad look. Yeah, it's a very bad look. You don't want to do it. British Columbia, I guess I mean, the gas prices and the thought process there are really going along the same lines. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, thanks to Catherine for filling in with me. Uh, David, the Menzoid Menzies will be back. Menzoid, I've been calling him lately. Menzoid. Uh, will be back. Sheila Gunn-Reed will be back. I believe Ezra will be back on here on Monday afternoon, depending on your time zone, of course. So thanks for your chats. Thanks for your comments. And keep watching our stories. Go ahead and watch my show. She's got a new video with Catherine McKenna coming out where they just talk about being Catherines together, I guess. <laughs> um, thanks for watching. Thanks, producer Justin. Justin, do we get a guitar or is that too artificial? It's too artificial. Oh. He, he's a man of principle. Thanks, everybody, for watching. I won't say David Menzies' tagline. Have a good day.